Hi, I'm Amy Muirs, and you're listening to The Power of Young People, a podcast produced by the National Youth Leadership Council, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to change the world, their communities, and the lives of others. If you're a young person who wants to change the world, or an adult who wants to foster youth innovation and imagination, this show is for you. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Lillian Hertel. Lillian is a 2023 Prudential Emerging Visionary, a student at Fordham University, and the Executive Director at Student Stand Up. So it's a great organization that is creating a path for getting young people involved in their communities. They do curriculum, they um, they delve into everything that young people need um, to know how to organize and plan and use social media content to take action. Um, she's worked with over 200 people, young people from more than 50 countries. And Lillian, I'm so excited to have you on The Power of Young People. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I would love just to learn a little bit more about you. Can you tell us more about yourself? For sure. Um, so I'm 18. I'm originally from Minnesota um, until a couple months ago when I moved to New York to go to Fordham. And yeah, I've been passionate about activism and youth empowerment since I was really little. So I think a lot of that bleeds into like my work today. That's wonderful. And as someone who's also from Minnesota, we miss you. <laughs> I'm sure you don't miss the weather. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of do. I miss the fall colors turning earlier. Yep. Uh, so maybe you'll be home for a visit soon and be able to see it. It is really pretty here right now. <laughs> I would love for to learn more about um, Student Stand Up. Kind of what's your mission, your vision? Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, um, so basically our like central goal is to make activism accessible to young people. And um, I found that in my personal experience, it was really difficult to find organizations that were accepting of young people and genuinely giving young people positions of power where they could be influential um, regarding work surrounding issues that actually impacted them. So I thought it was really important to create like a more streamlined pathway um, and increase that accessibility for people to get involved. Because I don't think that if you're trying to do the right thing, there should be barriers keeping you from doing that. Absolutely not. Um, so um, with the with the student stand up, like what does what does that look like for students who are involved in that? Basically, um, it's a three-step process. So the first is like reaching out to young people from around the world and our primary form of outreach and um, the way that we get the majority of our applicants is through social media. So that's been a really powerful tool for us. Um, and then the second step is the curriculum. So essentially that teaches um, kids everything they need to know about democracy, different gov governance structures, um, different kinds of advocacy, different lobbying techniques, and specifics on the day-to-day -day life of an activist. So we go into the specifics of if you're on like an outreach team or if you're on an event planning committee, 
um, the day-to-day -day things that you're going to be doing and the information that you need to know going into it. And then the last step of the process is matching. So we match um, young people who have completed the curriculum with organizations that already exist in the advocacy realm that accept young people as um, like change makers um, who like align with whichever individual's like goals and interests in advocacy. That's amazing. What made you decide that you wanted to start this nonprofit? Well, when I was first trying to get involved with advocacy, it was really difficult. Um, and it was a really like anxiety inducing process because I was already pretty overwhelmed with the magnitude of a lot of issues um, facing young people, especially like climate change and things like that. So the fact that it was so difficult to get involved involved and find youth organizations in my area that I could work with just made it a lot harder and almost discouraged me from starting altogether. So when I got involved with advocacy, I wanted to create a pathway for other people to do so, especially because a lot of my friends who are also involved in like activism work had like similar experiences. So yeah, I just wanted to make it more accessible to other young people. I love that. And I love that you talked about, so there's education, so you have the curriculum, um, you're setting the stage for what this work actually looks like, mm -hmm. and then helping them find where they can put that passion into action, right? Like, so connecting them with organizations that, that share the value of having youth activists involved. Yeah. Um, so I love that progression and how supported I'm sure those young people are feeling um, through your programs, because I mean, even as adults, right, we like understanding um, how to make change when you like, it's, it's not an easy process, like knowing how to mm -hmm. advocate and how to get things to, to really change, especially within government structures. So I love how you, you've set this, like, almost like I'm envisioning it as like this staircase that like prepares, um, prepares young people to really be able to make the changes that they want to see. Um, I'm wondering, can you talk to that importance of young people taking action on issues that they care about? And, and how would you like to see schools and other nonprofits support this type of youth engagement? I think like a lot of the importance is derived from the fact that I fundamentally fundamentally believe that issues that influence young people should be influenced by young people. And I don't think that a lot of um, adults really like genuinely recognize that young people have extremely valuable contributions to the conversation around, again, issues like climate change that directly impact us. And that we deserve to not only be in the room, but be leading the charge because this is, um, like this is our future. And um, so yeah, I think that's that's the importance. That's where that comes from. Um, and then as far as how people can support, I guess I kind of hinted at this like a couple minutes ago, but I think that organizations, whether that's a school, a nonprofit, an NGO, or just any organization that offers um, like internship programs or opportunities for youth engagement, or that could offer those things, I think 
think they should give opportunities for youth representation and positions of power that actually empower them beyond just like a token role so that they can say like, oh, well, we have a youth advisory committee, even if they don't actually listen to them, because that's also another thing I've found um, that even organizations who may be trying to take the first step toward integrating youth voices into their mission um, tend to not actually take them seriously as they should. So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So as the National Youth Leadership Council, yeah. um, we do have a youth advisory council, um, but we also, um, in addition to that, have youth on our board of directors as full voting members. Nice. So their voice is as powerful as all of the at-large adult board members. And we get a lot of phone calls from organizations about, oh, we want to have, um, you know, we're thinking about starting a youth council or having young people on our board. And um, I'm always amazed at the number of people. It's There's like good intent Mm -hmm. You know, but they're not willing to really even think about culture shift, right? Like, well, what time yeah. do you want to have these meetings? Well, that's during the school day. Um, mm -hmm. You only want one young person. Well, would you only like who wants to be that lone voice? And and like you said, with youth councils, a lot of times it's like, well, how are you going to incorporate the voices of the youth council and their recommendations? Like, how are you incorporating those into the direction setting and the leadership of the organization? Yeah. And um, they'll usually I get, well, we'll come, we'll get back to you. <laughs> Great. So it's, it is, it is really, it's, it's a mind shift for adults. And I think um, I love the um, preparation with um, young people, but as adults, we need to shift our mindset and um, and recognize the value that youth voice and youth leadership brings to these spaces. So um, I'm just thinking about like what has shaped you. And I'm, I'm curious, like what experiences um, have you had? Do you think about youth leadership, youth voice and service to community? So kind of what shaped you um, in in becoming um, this person that you are today? Well, I think I was always like my parents always really encouraged me to be involved with my community from when I was really little, like starting from age, I think I was two or three. Um, we started like volunteering at like food shelves in my community. And like for my birthday, I would like have um, like instead of presents, I would get like donations for that. So I think because of how um, community minded my parents were, that's definitely influenced me a lot in terms of my like outlook on not only like my individual community, but on my impact on the world. But in terms of advocacy specifically, I think the first time that I really got involved was probably like the March for Our Lives walkout. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a huge paradigm shift for me because that was the first time I and a couple of my friends back in um, 2018 seventh grade for us um, like actually organized something and were able to see firsthand like the impact that it had because unlike volunteering at the food shelf which was awesome and I still do it um, but you can like physically see at the protest like oh there are like a thousand people here this is awesome and like we did this. So that was definitely a really formative experience for me as well. 
some days that seems so long ago and then it's it's it really wasn't that long ago that the march for our lives were taking place and yeah um yeah those i think inspired a lot of young people um to realize the power um that their voice could have in making change happen mm -hmm. um talk to me about some of the skills like you're your own, like you've created a, um, your own organization. Um, you're doing a lot of amazing things. Um, what are the, some of the skills that you learned um, because of these experiences that maybe you wouldn't have gotten like in the classroom? I think the biggest thing is probably just like self-advocacy and trusting myself and my voice um, that I have valuable contributions, even though that's not necessarily something that's um, encouraged by the world we live in right now, especially from young people, especially from young women. So I think being able to, I guess public speaking also kind of ties into that, um, like concisely, but confidently like share my ideas that's been a pretty big thing and that's applicable to like pretty much anything I decide to do in the future, <laughs> which is awesome um and then yeah I think research has also been pretty important um putting together like just comprehensive but again concise um resource packs I guess for like a school administration or like a local government um research is definitely like a skill that you kind of have to develop in youth advocacy just to make sure that your issues are like put on the table and actually given weight so yeah I think those are the probably the two most important things that I've learned that's awesome yeah um so as an organization we support service learning so that idea that young people are investigating researching really understanding the issue that they're addressing before yeah. they plan and prepare to take action and um yeah that research piece is can be so well not can be it is so important mm -hmm. so you understand the arguments right because generally there's a we have to convince people and, and be able to build that case. So yeah. whether it's research or, you know, in research, um, research or like community um, surveys or all of mm -hmm. the things, all of the tools to help build the case for making the change. Um, I love that that's um, part of what has been the skill set that you've been developing and, and mm -hmm. we're able to call out that importance. Um, Know, we know there there's challenges right like I'm yeah I would love to like I'm just curious like what what are some of the challenges that you've seen yourself or other young people tackling issues that they care about and what have you done or seen done to tackle those barriers I think I touched on this a little bit in response to the last question but imposter syndrome was definitely a big thing um just coming into spaces where I was like the only young person and maybe people weren't necessarily expecting me to make valuable contributions to the conversation that definitely even if it's not like said explicitly that kind of mindset definitely kind of permeated my like headspace for a while so I think making sure to like take time to like reaffirm myself and I'm like well I'm here for a reason and I have things to say I have the research to back it up um that was a really important step in combating that challenge 
challenge. And I also think that there's a certain kind of, I'm not sure if professionalism is the right word, but you definitely have to learn to speak the language of adults, I guess, like mm-hmm. the um, setting of a meeting room or a public office or, you know, a town hall, any of those kinds of things are a very foreign kind of way of speaking, I think, to how young people naturally like interact with each other like in school and um outside of school stuff like that so I think it's really it's not something that can really be taught but learning to speak the language in that sense um was really difficult but something that like I kind of had to adapt to and I don't think there's like one easy solution for that because it's not a concrete problem it just comes from like being able and having the privilege, um, because unfortunately it is a privilege right now, to immerse yourself in those spaces that you can kind of get a feel for how people interact with each other as opposed to how young people generally tend to interact with each other. Absolutely. And I mean, those spaces can be foreign even for some parents to step Mm -hmm. into. So um, yeah, calling those out and naming that, you know, um, I just even think about, you know, what it takes to be part of a board and yeah. understanding that or going to a school PTA, like a school board meeting or um, yeah, even being within a PTA, like all of those things. Yeah, you're right. There, There's these like formal structures that I think um, only certain people really understand how they work or why they're set up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a young person um, that it, even as I'll just speak from an adult side, it can be very like intimidating. So, yeah. um, so absolutely. Um, I'm curious, um, I, just thinking from my own perspective as a nonprofit leader, um, along with like working with schools, like what should nonprofit schools, after school programs, what should um, we be doing? Um, and in our local governments to ensure students can share their voice and leadership around issues they care about. Yeah, like I mentioned a bit before, I think just giving youth genuine power and influence over the systems and issues that affect them is like the most critical part of that. And also just stepping back and listening to young people, not just being like, okay, well, we've made a space for you, fill it. Um, But letting that letting them kind of explore and shape that space for themselves is a really important part of like, I guess, organic and um, more natural feeling youth involvement in an organization. And as someone, you mentioned local government, um, I was on my town's environment and sustainability commission from sophomore to senior year of high school. And I think it's also really important to acknowledge that while obviously young people have valuable contributions it can be just as valuable for them to just listen and learn like I know on the commission I don't know much about like gas powered lawn equipment and how that should be regulated but being able to sit in on on those conversations and listen and learn was like completely invaluable like an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything so I think having a balance of Um, learning opportunities and empowerment opportunities is also very key. 
Absolutely. So I just want to open it up, Lillian. Um, you have so much knowledge and experience in this space. Like, what are your thoughts, reflections, anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? For sure. Um, I mean, first of all, um, as is probably obvious, I don't think that any young person should let someone else, especially an adult, um, tell them that they can't do something that they're qualified to do just because of their age. Um, I think that's stupid, quite frankly. So mm -hmm. trust yourself and, you know, work on combating that imposter syndrome. Obviously, that's a lot easier said than done, um, but that's a big piece of advice. And then in any field um, of change making, but especially in advocacy, I'd say make sure to take time for yourself because activist work, especially if you're a young person, um, especially as someone in, you know, any kind of marginalized group, it can be really draining to be the only person in the room with your specific background. And it can also just be really draining to dedicate so much time to such monumental issues. And certainly, like, it can feel like you're not having as much of an impact as you would like to. So, I think taking time to yourself and practicing things like self-care, as corny as that may sound, is critical to preventing burnout. And that's critical to keeping the cycle of advocacy going because you're not going to help anyone if you're burnt out and quit. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I picture, um, you know, when you get on an airplane and they talk about um, for those who actually listen to the safety messages, you always mm -hmm. put your own ma air mask, you know, your mask on before you put the mask on for the person next to you, uh, the yeah. child next to you. I yeah. think it's that same, like, we have to take care of ourselves um, in order to do the hard work. And you are doing amazingly hard work um, and in inspiring work. So, um we need more young people engaged in making positive change in this world and students stand up. You Lillian, you're doing it. So thank you for everything that you're doing to um, give and support young people in taking their power and taking action on their power. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, we're excited to see where your work takes you. So please, um, please stay um, connected with us and um, continue su to support the work of young people. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Wonderful.